What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dermot the Side. Joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, we're Tad the Side. And Tad, coming up to like, you know, I know obviously we have the extra game in the season now. It's 17 games as opposed to 16 games, so it's not an exact quarter of the season. But after week four, you could sort of argue that quarter of the season is done. And I mean, that's sort of like a good gauge. Um, I remember Herm Edwards, he used to always talk about when he was head coaching the Jets, he's like, you want to approach the season as a quarter at a time. So you look at the first four games, you try to uh, you evaluate after that quarter, you next to get to the next four games, you evaluate that quarter, then you sort of make adjustments accordingly throughout the entire season based off your four sets of games in each quarter of the season there. So like I said, with the 17, it's sort of like you get an extra game in one of the quarters there, but just, I think you get a good idea. Um, like we sort of talked about after these, you know, three, four weeks, Get a good idea about which teams are, you know, serious contenders, which players are really going to be good for fantasy football. And you also get your good sense of like, okay, these guys, maybe I need to move on for them. Maybe I need to start entertaining some trade offers for them, um, trade, things along those trade, lines. And trade, also teams trade. that are just not performing that they should be right now. So it's a good it's a good sort of gauge mark here after week four. So I'm so glad you said that because there was a great video I saw on uh, uh, I, I this is going to sound contradictory, but I saw on my favorite podcast. They do YouTube as well. Sure. And it was a, a hilarious video. The difference between two and one and one and two where mm -hmm. two and one when the Dolphins fell to or maybe it was one and one. It doesn't matter because I'm, I'm like two weeks behind. Um, and it was Dan Campbell, but of course. And the Dan, uh, Dan Campbell was like, yeah, you know what? We just got we got eat our humble pie. We're going to be all right. And, you know, we're, we're it was two and one because this is why. Because he had the winning record still. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Like, we got your humble pie. We'll be all right. We learned from this. And there was the Chargers who were one and two or zero oh and two at that point. And Brandon Staley was asked basically the same question of like, hey, how's the team bounce back from this? And Brandon Staley was like, oh, oh, yeah, Chad? Chad? Yeah, okay, yeah. How do you think we feel? And it was just like, oh, my Lord. Like, the difference between the emotions. And it's just one game. It's yeah. just one game, but it's that entire, like, kind of like what you said is like the feel of all these teams are starting to get a feeler for how this season's kind of going to go. And I mean, you can talk about the Bears here. You can talk about the Buccaneers. You can talk about the Chargers, obviously. Like, a lot of these teams are kind of the brink of are you going to be good or are you going to be bad? We're starting to get a feel for where they're going to fall on either side. Yeah, I mean, you'll look at that Minnesota Chargers game, and then we'll sort of move on, obviously, to our make it or break here, it. Talk about our start. And sit, Very definition like, of make it or break it. Exactly, but it's like you also look at that where it's like the Chargers. I know they won that game, but there's some really... questionable decisions at the very end of that game where it's like it could have gone in Minnesota's favor. So it's like either of those teams could be one and two right now. The other one would be zero and three. So just the fact that the chargers were able to sort of like squeak by does not make them like on the right track. There's a lot of things that could have been done correctly. I'm so with you on that because that was the weird thing where we were talking last week about like, Hey, that's going to be a big game. Like whoever comes out of that, it's going to feel like, okay, now they're on the right track. The chargers won that. And still, I kind of felt like I'm still worried. I don't know. Like, like yeah, that was the that, them. that was the rare win without the moral victory too. Yeah, just like 100%. it kind of felt 100%. just like the Vikings were. It, I mean, it felt like it totally deflated the Vikings. And I don't know if you saw, but one of the subheadlines, why I called subheadlines, like the right side of ESPN's homepage, all day today, it was Justin Jefferson is already sick of the trade talks. Yeah. Which, by the way, they're not trading Justin 
Justin Jefferson. That, just stop. But um, so it definitely deflated the Vikings, but didn't really inflate the Chargers either. Like the no. Chargers basically, I feel like they were like, okay, can we uh, can we go back home now? And that's not what you wanted out of that game. No. I mean, we'll see what happens. They got the Las Vegas Raiders this week, so that's hopefully a bounce-back game for them to really, like, capitalize with on that Cole, win that they have. So it's a good it's a good, yeah, it's, it's a good game to sort of, like, sort of get your groove back again and sort of, like, figure out who you are sort of thing. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But just, yeah, they escaped with the win. I think that's probably the best way to Ooh, define that. That's there, good. So. Um, but, of course, Ted, you know, like we sort of talked about, I think this is sort of a good gauge as far as, like, which um, fantasy players that we like, you know, going forward, which fantasy players are we sort of iffy on, and which fantasy players are we just like, okay, we need to move on from some of these guys because it's just like they're not looking like they can produce at all. So, of course, we headed to week four. We're heading into the weekend here. We need to give you guys our start and sit decisions for week four. Uh, as always, we're not going to give you, like, your obvious picks, like, you know, start Justin Jefferson. Duh. That's of course you gotta do that. You know, um, start. You know, Jalen Hurts. Like, those are I, obvious ones. While doing research for this, I saw one uh, article be like, "Start the Philadelphia Eagles defense." It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Of Thank course, you for that course. advice. Like, and by the way, they're rostered in like 88% of leagues anyway, so it's I know. Just, yeah, it's whatever. But anyway, so all right, Mer. I have my first start at quarterback. It is Anthony Richardson. He is bad. I'm just kidding. He's only going to last like three quarters. That that man will never play a complete game in his life. We'll see. Hopefully, you know, this third concussion gives him a little bit of a reality check. That's like, okay, I can't do the things that I was doing in college. I need to sort of tone it back. But I'm doing the the Hawkeye thing. Don't give me hope. So we'll see exactly what happens there because they got a, you know, interesting matchup against the Los Angeles Rams here at LAFB Network. They're very, like, you know, feisty team. Aaron Donald is going to murder him. We will see exactly what happens there. But, yeah, if you need all the content for pregame coverage and during game and postgame coverage, LAFB Network's got you covered with all of that. I'm not going to watch Uh, a single second of that. There you go. For sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get to our start that sits here, Tad. I'm going to start at the quarterback position. I'm going to go with my pick here. You're going to be a little bit surprised by this one. Um, okay. I remember you said, I think you might have picked up in a start to episode before. You might have picked up in a waiver wire episode. You were not all that confident in it, but you're like, you sort of went behind it. But I'm going to sort of double down, and I think he's got a good matchup this week. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson Don't versus do the-, the Chicago Bears. You do so- the thing, you're going to do the thing. Okay, but All right, listen the, to what do, I have to say. Listen do, to what I have to say, okay? So do say what thing, you want about the, the game thing, last week. I do not endorse this opinion. Say what you want about the game last weekend. Obviously, it was a complete blowout. The Broncos never has stood a chance in that game. Miami just absolutely ran about the stadium. But Wilson threw for 300 passing yards in that game. And here's the crazy thing. He has thrown for 300 passing yards in two straight games. Tad, fun fact. The last two seasons, Russell Wilson has combined thrown for two 300-yard passing games, one in each season, one last year, and one in 2021 God, in his final sad. year in Seattle. That's so sad. It is very sad, but this is sort of like gives you a little bit of a glimmer of a hope that, you know, maybe he's starting to turn around things here. And then, like I said, I have to love the matchup here with the Chicago Bears. There's like we talked about, just so much optimism surrounding them. You'd think they would be a little bit more competitive, but so far 
Oh, my God. Talk about another blowout. They had a blowout against the Kansas City Chiefs over the weekend as well. So both teams are sort of like, you know, reeling here. They're looking to gain a victory. But I like Russell Wilson and this Denver Broncos offense to get something going against the Chicago Bears defense. The Chicago Bears are surrounding the third most passing yards in the NFL right now and allowing over 21 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks through three weeks here. So I like Russell Wilson. He's been looking not like classic Russell Wilson. I mean, let's not put that out there. But I think what if you're looking for a spot start here, you need somebody who could get you some good points. You're streaming an option. If you're playing DV, uh, DFS, he's probably a very cheap option as far as DFS oh, as well. I like this matchup. I think he could be a very sneaky play this week. So I'm going with a start here for Russ. The reason I'm laughing while you're saying this is um, I am so sorry. We we have two very loyal listeners in uh, Matt and Jay. Uh, I will not reveal their last names, but um, yeah, we're, we're going to show on the Bears tonight. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I like it. It's just the thing is like, I, this is one of those games where, uh, you know, and this is the whole thing I find funny about football media is everybody tries to pretend they know what's going to go on. And they, they, they are terrified of these three words. I don't know. Like this game is the big, in my opinion, is the biggest wild card of the entire weekend. This could be a very close game. This could end up being one of the you know, best games of the weekend, or I could see either team blowing each other out because both teams are equally bad. And so it's just, it's one of those things where it's just, I don't know. But I will say, if you're asking me which quarterback am I more confident in, 100% Russell Wilson because, you know, after week one, people were saying, oh, this Sean Payton offense is it legit. And, you know, I know I'm bringing up, you know, first take hot, you know, uh, hot topics and stuff like that. But I, I do think that the Broncos is a more well put together offense, a more well coached offense. Meanwhile, they're just basically like, well, hopefully Justin Field survives. <laughs> Yeah, that's the tough thing there with Chicago. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure what to expect from this game either. But just like I said, I like the optimism surrounding the Broncos offense just a little bit more compared to what I've seen in Chicago. So that's why I like Russ. So I don't like him as a, like a start, but it is an interesting thing to monitor. Because if he does well, he may land on my key waiver wire pickups for next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, so sticking to quarterbacks here, Tad, do you like a start or a sit this week? Uh I mean, thank God this man isn't paid $200 million plus. I, it, guys, it's time. It's time. It's time. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. It's like, just take him out of the game. We're out. We're done. Joe Burrow. Yeah, like he's, he's out. Wow. He's out okay. as a starter. He's okay. out as a starter. I mean, this guy's been struggling. He's only scored over 10 points once. In the last three weeks. And look, I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying I saw some ridiculous tweet. No, oh God, that's going to sound very millennial to me. I saw a ridiculous tweet on Instagram. It was uh, somebody screenshotted a tweet on Instagram anyway, but um, saying that like, oh, the, the Bengals drafting Joe Burrow over uh, Tua was a massive mistake. And then there was a quote tweet on top of it saying, no, 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 no. Taking Tua over Justin Herbert, maybe I'm mixing them up, but basically it was the whole Herbert versus Tua versus uh, Burrow debate. I'm just like, why are we still doing this? They're all good. But that's my entire point is Joe Burrow's good. He is good, but he's so clear. He's so clear. And this happens more often than people think where there is a, 
not in this case, not undisclosed, but there's an injury that's being downplayed. It's more severe than you think. And Amir, I don't know about you. I know we were doing the podcast while that game was going on, but I went back and watched some of the, uh, I want to say tape, like I watched the whole game, but I watched more than just highlights. I kind of went back and watched some of the key plays from that game. It is so clear. So clear that Joe Herbert is suffering from this calf injury. Who the hell is Joe Herbert? Joe Herbert. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who the hell is Joe I Herbert? Just, I just combined Justin <laughs> Herbert and Joe Burrow. Could you imagine that quarterback? Let's yeah, do that for a second. Jesus Christ. Imagine Joe Herbert. Oh my Joe gosh. Burrow, Justin Herbert combo. That'd be a Madden like 99 instantly. I don't care if he's a first round rookie. <laughs> anyway. So Joe Herbert, our new oh, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. Cincinnati Chargers. Los Angeles Bengals. Justin Burrow. You want to throw that in there too? Oh, I can do this. Justin Tua Herbert. Oh, fuck. Damn it. No. you. No. Justin Herbert Burrow. Fuck, I, I still messed that up. Damn what are you it. doing? Like, just... Okay, just you're trying just, to find alternate quarterbacks, and you're missing one completely both times. It's, there are obvious reasons why. I'm very scared of that pronunciation. <laughs> Justin Tua Burrow. Okay. The new quarterback of the Bengals would be much better than this current version of Joe Burrow because this current version of Joe Burrow cannot run or be mobile at all. I... Dude, yeah, it's that like, cap is definitely nagging him. Like, I mean, there's no way that I mean, we saw a little bit of a bounce back against the Rams on Monday night, like you said, but just I just still think that there's something off, and it just it's hard to trust him week in and week out with all this going on for sure. Well, I'll say this is you know what watching Joe Burrow right now reminds me of? It's like watching Chad Pennington way back in the two thousands of like a pretty accurate quarterback, but has zero mobility. So like the second he gets pressured, you're screwed. Like you need a very good, albeit like, or maybe like the best offensive line behind that guy to make him succeed or a very strong running game. And that's another thing is trust me. I just traded away Joe Mixon off my team. That running game with Cincinnati is also not working because you know, they know if we just press for Joe Mixon, they have to throw it and then they can blitz there too. So the whole problem with this is like, I, I'm not blaming Joe Burrow because I've been seeing a lot of these grabby headlines. Like, is Joe Burrow overpaid? Was his mistake? Is Joe Burrow quitting on the game? No, he's not. He's hurt. That's all it is, is he is hurt. And is Tennessee a great team? No. Their secondary is pretty bad. Their pass rush is actually surprisingly good. If you look at the advanced statistics, they're they're among the top 10 teams in terms of pressuring the quarterback, which is even more concerning when you talk about Joe Burrow being hurt. But yeah. my bottom line is I think Joe Burrow is still good, so don't drop him because I've also seen some alarmist headlines like that. Like, is it time to drop yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow? Extreme. That's too extreme. Don't do that. Yeah. Unless you're in my league, in which case, yeah, go ahead and do, do that. Just, you know, just leave him alone. But my point being is until we see – him doing a couple things. And these couple things are him running around the pocket, him uh, hitting these deep passes. And here's a big thing. And it's kind of a piggybacking on that last one, driving off that back leg. Because I'll admit, I, I knew he broke, uh, not broke, broke. Uh, I knew he hurt his calf 
But I look up tonight while I was doing my research, which calf he did hurt. And this was a very interesting thing I learned. It was his right calf. Mm-hmm. That's and obviously, like, like I'm not yeah, exactly. I'm not breaking any news, saying you know football fans here. But when you need those deep passes, all that power comes from the, your back leg. Well, if you don't like think about it, all the power starts from your bottom half and brings up. Well, what's the first muscle that it hits coming out from the foot? The calf. So if all the power dissipates from there, you're screwed. So I need to see deep passes, and I see need to see him mobile in the pocket. I don't want him to rush for you know 50 yards because that's not him. But you could just tell the way last week, uh, actually it's still this week, last Monday went. He just he's not feeling himself. So Joe Burrow is an absolute set for me. Yeah, and definitely for anybody who has Joe Herbert rostered, you should sit him too. Joe Tua Herbert. He no, do, no, no, if you have Joe Tua <laughs> Herbert, you do not bench that man. That man is a 99 overall across every category in Madden. Tad, I think that was a sign that you need to keep your takes shorter because clearly you're just, I don't know, what's you're, where yeah, your mind space is that's right a, now. That's a sign that I need to be prepped earlier because this is way too late for me to be recording. Oh, gosh. All right, so let's get to the running back position here, Tad. Do you got to start or do you got to sit for me? I have a start for you, and this is a guy that I think that you will finally be happy that I'm kind of back in here. All right. This is a guy you backed all offseason. I was not a big believer in him. Okay. But you finally convinced me to trade for him. Now, if I was an absolutely loaded receiver on my team, I would be starting him. I think this is finally the week where Javante Williams breaks out. There we go, Javante. Javante Williams, the Broncos running back against the Bears. It's a risky play. I will admit that because he is yet to really explode for a big game. He's been fine, I think is the best word for him, as a a flex option. If you've been starting him as a starting running back, he's been a massive disappointment. I think the biggest thing is just he hasn't really had that breakout game, like you said, like through three weeks of action, depending on the league that you play in. He hasn't broke double-digit points yet. So, I mean, that's sort of a sign of just – Sorry, it's he's just broken. sort of a sign of just like where he's going to go, right? So hopefully this matchup, like I like this matchup a ton. If he doesn't break out this game, it worries me more about just Sean Payton and utilizing the run game and just that's going to hinder him all season long. Um, So, but yeah, this is a very critical matchup. I think he's got a good matchup. So I like this pick a ton, but obviously this is your pick. So you can get into it a little bit more if you want. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, I'm going to yeah, see, here, here's what I love about you. Is you go with a more like, you know, politically neutral speak of like, oh, this is a big game for him or this is, you know, such and such. I'm going to go extreme. I'm okay. is, this, is this a make it or break it game? It could be. I mean, I, it, I think honestly, though, like, I mean, just with this Broncos offense, like we sort of talked about at the beginning of the episode, is just we need to see more from this offense. And it's just if we don't see it in this game, it just worries me because they still have a lot of divisional matchups against tougher teams. So it's like, that's not going to help yeah. you out a ton. So, I mean, just it worries me about the rest of the season then if just if they can't get anything going on offense, whether that's a run game or I pick Russell Wilson as my start at the quarterback position. If that doesn't happen either, then it's just like, it's hard to trust these playmakers and the Denver offense going forward. Then it's like, yeah, you may see like a blip in the radar about them doing well one week, but just consistently week over week. I don't think you'll see it. So yeah, I honestly, it may be an extremist take, but yeah, this kind of is a make it or break a game for the entire Denver offense. 
And I completely agree with that, especially for Javante Williams. I'll tell you why is because over the last two games, the Bears have allowed uh, the opposing teams to rush for over 100 yards. Now, Amir, I will admit the Bears did keep the Packers under 100 yards. They actually did pretty solid against them. Over under, did the Bears keep the Packers under 60 yards? No, I think they got over. I hate you. You're getting good at this game. Because <laughs> I think Aaron Jones You're ruining got a very game, big man. run. I think Aaron Jones got a very big run at the very towards the end of that game. That's where he pulled his hamstring or his calf or whatever. And then that's where he's been sort of questionable the last couple of weeks. And so I think that run alone put them over. That's why. So I promise I d- I've, I've done these calculations three times now. <laughs> okay. My math does check out. Okay. It would have been all three games this season if the Packers had just gotten five more yards. Oh, they okay. they finish at 95 yards. So this Bears run defense sucks. Yeah. And on top <laughs> of that, they've allowed five running backs to score 12 fantasy points or more this season. Yeah. This Bears defense is just not good. It sucks. And I think we kind of predicted this, that that would be the weaker side of the ball. I think what's kind of screwing the Bears here is I think everyone anticipated the Bears offense being better that they would be able to like kind of turn in this like high scoring affair. And unfortunately for whatever reason, offensive line, um, the bears it's so bad, but the bears just haven't been able to keep up with the other team scoring so much. So I think that, um, uh, I think that Javante Williams, while he may not like bust out for like 25 points, I think that he'll, he'll, I think he'll get above 15 points this week. I'll, I'll, I'll plant my flag on that prediction. All right, 15 points at least for Javante Williams against the Chicago Bears. So, yeah, we'll see how that all plays out for sure. Um, I'm going to go with the sit at the running back position, Tad. Um, Even though this game may be one-sided, I don't think this team will utilize the rushing offense enough. So that's what worries me about Isaiah Pacheco with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets. That's a good sit. Especially after a blowout. like Exactly. Exactly. But just, you know, I'm seeing over, you know, game over game here with Isaiah Pacheco, they're sort of using him a little bit more. He's getting more rushing attempts. He actually scored for the first time last week against the um, Chicago Bears. So, I mean, but you obviously just talked about how terrible the Chicago Bears defense run game is, too. So, I mean, that sort of speaks to that, too. But just you look at this game and I think we're sure that the Jets defense is pretty good. I mean, they were able to sort of stack that side and they're pretty good. Obviously offense was going to come around obviously with Aaron Rodgers, but unfortunately he's out for the entire season. Now they're running with uh, Zach Wilson there. So I think unfortunately the defense will keep them in games, but just like we've talked about so many times, if that offense just can't do anything for that defense, they're going to get fatigued. They're going to give a big plays and they're going to give up a lot of just scoring points overall to the opposing offense. And so like I said, while Pacheco has been looking good recently, I just don't think that this is a matchup suited for him this week. I bet you the Jets are going to like sort of key in on stopping Pacheco in that rushing game and sort of, you know, which is sort of stupid, but force Patrick Mahomes to beat them when they have a guy like John Sauce Gardner, Marcus May on the back end, you know, Jordan Whitehead. They have a pretty good secondary. So I'm thinking that's exactly what they're going to do. They may obviously get to a big enough lead, very similar to what happened against Chicago, and they may get some garbage runs at that time. But also, Tad, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scored last week. So it's like they're not only using Isaiah Pacheco, but they're using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're also obviously using Jarek McKinnon, too. So, I mean, it's like they're using that sort of spread attack. So it's like you don't know who's going to be the beneficiary of that one rushing touchdown once they get close to the goal line. But it's like, yeah, Travis Kelsey's healthy now. He's definitely going to get a lot of games. 
Taylor Swift is going to be at the New York. Oh Jeans. God! Shop, so you have shop, to believe shop, that. Shop, yeah. Shop, shop, shop. No, no, no. We are not doing that. No. You have to believe Travis no. Kelsey is going to be involved a lot, regardless of whether she was going to be there or not. Regardless of whether she's going to be there a lot. You are so lucky. I don't know how to kick you out of the stream. <laughs> I mean, we've already talked about it. I'm just so the, sick the of all this talk. In this offense, it's just like we don't know who's going to emerge. We haven't seen that yet. And so, yeah, the sort of reason that they were able to lose in week one was because they didn't have Travis Kelsey. They didn't have that go-to weapon. But now that he's back, I think that's going to really move this offense going forward. So it's like I like them to sort of definitely display a lot of aerial attack in this game. Maybe Isaiah Pacheco will get a little bit. If he gets the touchdown, then obviously that's beneficiary for you. But just I think that's sort of your saving grace. If he gets that touchdown, that's where he becomes a worthy star for you. But I don't think he does. I think it goes elsewhere. So I'm saying sit by Isaiah Pacheco this week. Fucking Taylor Swift. God damn it. So sick of it. All right. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Swifties, she's the best. Subscribes. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. The only thing I want to say was um, it's funny. I kind of came up with this comparison while I was reading your notes because it really did remind me of my thought process. I, I, God, this was years before me. I was in high school at the time. This reminds me so much of the early 2010 Saints wide receivers. Where it's just yeah. like, you know one of them is going to go off, but you have no idea which one it is. Because like you said, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's Jared McKinnon. It's um, – uh, oh, what's the other one? I'm blinking on his name. Isaiah Pacheco, the guy we're talking the, thank about Thank right you. Now. Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> it's Again, it is almost 11 p.m. here. I'm tired. I've been teaching kids all day. Wonderful kids, by the way. Well, mostly wonderful kids, by the way. But – Wow. Exactly. Like you, they're all very talented in their own ways, but it's you just don't know which one the Chiefs are going to pick, and there's no logic behind which one they're going to pick. At least none that you know fantasy managers can determine. So it's just like, do you take that gamble? I say no, yeah. especially because the Chiefs, as you said, they don't. They're not really that dependent on the run game. That's the difference is the Saints were very dependent on that passing game. So you knew for sure one of those receivers was going to go off. So that mm -hmm. gamble might pay off. You really don't know one of those Chiefs running backs is going to go off. So I'm completely with you. I like Honestly, I think all Chiefs running backs to me are like untouchable at this point. Interesting. So I'm not going to go that far, but just, yeah, I think just this matchup against the Jets is sort of worries me about their running game this week. So yeah, sit Isaiah Pacheco. So let's get to the receivers here, Tad. Do you got to start or do you got to sit for me here for the receiver position? I got to start. I'm excited for this one. Okay. It's, it's definitely not just because I just recently traded for him. It's uh, Adam Thielen. Mm, I'm a, I'm a, a believer. Match. I'm a believer. Revenge game. Revenge game. Oh, I didn't trade for him. I got him on the waiver wire. I forgot about that. I'm trying to currently trade him. Um, So anyway, so I, it's going to work. We're going to work it out. But Adam Thielen, I actually really think that he could be – now, I don't think he's going to explode to be like a really super dependable wide receiver two prospect. But I think that he will stay within the, the lower end of that realm and a definitely good flex option moving forward. Because a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, it was just because Andy Dalton was in last week. That's why he looked so good. I think there is some truth to that, but I don't think that is the entire truth. Meaning that if you look at his New Orleans stats on Monday night, he had nine targets. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast where, yeah, a lot of that wasn't garbage time. But I don't care. With a rookie quarterback, you build that chemistry. Garbage, that's what garbage time is there for. 
if you're not there for fantasy, is build that chemistry, kind of get that kind of flow going. And I, I, I don't know if you saw the – was it a touchdown or two-point conversion? It might have been both. It was either way. Either way. He caught either a two-point conversion or a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, like, just the way you could see – because Thielen kind of adjusted his body because he couldn't know – like, he knew where Bryce Young was going with the ball – is like you could just tell that chemistry between him and Young was building. So yes, Bryce Young supposedly news has not been confirmed as of recording if Bryce Young is coming back, but it looks all signs are pointing that Bryce Young is coming back. Yes, that is that a, way, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a wild card, but I, don't, I think it's a bigger wild card than people think. So uh, I think that with the amount of targets that I'm feeling is getting, you know, I love me some targets that he is a very dependable option. And then you look at who he's playing, which is the Vikings. They've led, and for some reason, five is just the magical number with how much points the you know, opposing team has let up. They've let at least five. This I, I looked this stat up to confirm it. They've let at least five receivers let up 16 points. At least 16 points. Five receivers. It's week four. Yeah. That secondary is goddamn terrible. I don't know who. I'm trying to remember what number. I think it's 21. 21 of the Vikings, while I was watching that Chargers game, was like, like this the entire <laughs> game. And yeah. for our podcast listeners, it's like his arm. Like, I, 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 what's a good comparison? Like his arms in the air, like waving it around. Like he looked like he was on a goddamn roller coaster. It was insane. Yeah. And my favorite part is every time he's looking at the ref, like, "Come on, man!" I'm like, he barely touched you, dude. Yeah, I know. Like that secondary is bad. And let's not forget him, her revenge game. Yep, that's Don't how I started. That out. Don't there. count yep. that out. Revenge game makes a difference. Revenge game makes a difference. No, but I brought up Adam Thiel before. I think I bought it as a waiver wire pick in one of our recent yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. That I think I just very much What's, like that. Loki, sort of- Loki, thank you for that because that's what finally I was like, all right, if Murs go with him, I'm gonna go for it. Because I was kind of on the border of like, do I go for it? Do it? I go for it? Then we record the episode and you convince me. I was like, I'm gonna go for it. I got him. I think the biggest thing is just like, yeah, it, it definitely helped that Andy Dalton was going to him a lot more. But Bryce said exactly that chemistry is building. I think he knows that he can sort of trust Adam Thielen. Like I said, he's a veteran receiver. He's been there. He's done it sort of thing. So that's a relationship that I think is steadily going to grow throughout the entire season. So, yeah, I like that pickup as well. And, yeah, I think you can't overestimate the fact that it's a revenge game. Like they let him go. They moved on to the younger guy and Jordan Addison. So, yeah, this is very much like, nope, I still had a lot of juice in the take. You let me walk. That's not cool man so well, it's like here's the thing if it was a revenge game let's say like you know you know flip it if this was like amari cooper on uh you know on this team going against the cowboys even though it's a revenge game i'm like don't fall for that trap i know it's yeah. a revenge game but dallas is too good that secondary is really really bad that might be the worst secondary in the nfl i know they're not ranked as the worst secondary but by the end of the season they might be they might be there. They might be there for Where's sure. Where's Harrison Smith now? He's on Minnesota. Oof. Fall from grace. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think he's covering the receivers, right? He's playing safety, so it's the deep end, right? So, What do you think the job of a safety is? Yeah, I understand that, but still primarily on the quarter, though, depending on the coverage. So, that's uh, Oh, no, no, no. For sure it's primarily on the quarter. I'm not saying that, but yeah. yeah well, yeah, no, those quarters are terrible. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, I'm going to get to my sit here, Ted. You may be a little bit surprised with this one because he was okay. possibly a number one pick. Sorry, not a number one, but first round pick by a lot of people in fantasy drafts. I'm probably leaning more towards a second round pick more overall, but just regardless, still a very high round draft pick. And I'm going to say sit Garrett Wilson versus. Oh, yeah. No, he's done. He's done. Yeah. And it's not because of Garrett Wilson. I mean, obviously, we love Garrett Wilson. He's got immense talent. I mean, he definitely displayed it. Unfortunately, though, the swap from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson is paying a huge, like, it's just dropping off his fantasy stock, like, completely. Like, I mean, it was skyrocketing when the final, the news happened that Aaron Rodgers was traded to the New York Jets. It was like, okay, everybody go out and get some shares in Garrett Wilson. Soon as that uh, injury happened, it was like, okay, now what do we do? And you'll look at his stat line, Ted, and he had a 68-yard 68 68-yard touchdown against the Dallas Cowboys. But outside of that, this is his numbers through three weeks, Tad. So he has 21 targets, 11 receptions, 97 receiving yards, and one touchdown only. So, I mean... Hold on, I'm going to do that math real quick. 11 receptions, 97 yards? 97 receiving yards, yeah. Oh, so it's God. like barely 10 yards of reception. Like, I mean, maybe a Hold little on, bit I'm more than it. that, but I mean, it's just like, it's it's not good. And just, like I said, you take away that long reception that he had against Dallas where they had a broken down defense. Like, they allowed that to happen, essentially. Uh, but just like, outside of that, I mean, just this guy has just unfortunately not been reliable this offense because of the quarterback play. I mean, just right now, it seems like head coach Robert Sala is very much convinced that, you know what, Zach Wilson is our starter for the foreseeable future. But, I mean, just what I've seen, Dad, through two weeks, I know he sort of looked okay in that week one game against the Buffalo Bills, but also the Buffalo Bills sort of gifted in that game a little bit too. Uh, but just overall, just I'm not liking what I'm seeing from the offense. It's hard to trust anybody in that offense. It's like very similar to how we feel about Denver, where we're sort of on the cusp. With Jets, I'm over the, I'm over the edge. I'm like, I'm not trusting anybody in this offense. Like, Brees Hall, no thanks. Dalvin Cook, no thanks. Obviously, Zach Wilson, no thanks. But now, Garrett Wilson, unfortunately... It's hard for me to trust him. So, yeah, against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think this is going to get one-sided pretty quickly. I think even though in garbage time, like you said, you liked a lot of targets there. But just like I laid out, 21 targets, only 11 receptions. So, it's like he's getting maybe 50% of his catches there, roughly, right? So, I stay away from Garrett Wilson this week. It's, it's a tough start. It's a tough sit this week, but I think it'll, it'll benefit you more. See, but that's the interesting difference between our two. Apparently, this is a sign for difference. Uh, that's the inf- interesting difference between our Tad two. Is doing picks. the rock symbol as he's doing. You know what this <laughs> is. You know what this is. I'll, I'll really quickly tell the story. Is this is our uh, high school football sign uh, when I was trying to play football? This is our goal line sign. Keyword trying. Coronado. Coronado. Oh well, yeah. Once I broke my back, that that very quickly stopped. Um, but no, it was uh. I, I think that's the key difference is like, again, you could see the chemistry building between Bryce Young and Adam Thielen. There is zero chemistry going on with this Jets offense. It literally looks like they're just Jets like, offense, trying, like a Jets team. It it's looks like, like um, yeah. What, oh God. What's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Leatherface. It looks like Leatherface trying to like put it together or just like yeah, we'll stitch it there. And it's yeah. just like, there's no coherence to this offense. And uh, by the way, I did the math. That's 8.8 yards a catch. Yeah. It's That's not bad. bad. <laughs> That's really, really bad. Um, so, no, honestly, if I had to come up with a comparison for Garrett Wilson, especially within this episode, he's the Joe Burrow of the wide receivers. That's a big name that I just don't trust anymore. Don't drop him. I, I'm not saying drop him yet. Give it like two or three weeks. I may get to that point. But for now, 
He's a pure bench writer and just like, honestly, honest to God, I would start Adam Thielen over Garrett Wilson right now. No question. Bench writer. Is that like the knockoff for ghost writer? Uh, yeah. So instead of the, the, <laughs> go, the, the ghost skull, it's just the skull of, uh, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow. That's a, that's a knockout. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't like it. I don't like it at he all. He wrote a lot of benches. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm sorry, who's a famous bench rider? You try to think of one. Oh, I got a good one. You got a good one? Um, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel's a very good one. Chase Daniel's a very good one. Tyra Taylor. Oh, that's a good one. Matt Castle. Matt Castle's a good one. Matt Castle's a good one. A good uh, but overall, I <laughs> think <laughs> the one thing, though, Tad, I will say, and I think this sort of capitalized on the fact that it's like, don't drop this guy. If perchance, once again, Garrett Wilson was somehow able to break out a huge play, he's able to score a touchdown, and he gets you a good amount of points, and he proves me wrong, this is where you need to trade him then. Because this is not going to continue all season Capitalize long. on like, that good week. Exactly. So it's like capitalize on the fact that it's like, okay, he performed well against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, this guy could still do it with Zach Wilson under center. Imagine if they trade for Kirk Cousins or something like that. It's like, he'll get that much better. So take advantage of that if he does go off this week. But if he doesn't, unfortunately, it's going to be hard for you to trade the guy too. But definitely keep him because there's a potential that he could reclimate itself like i said depending if they do decide to eventually upgrade at the quarterback position you know move on from zach wilson but we'll see about that but 100 percent, like i mean we can't stress this enough if he goes off find a way to trade him off your roster 100 percent. it's funny because that reminded me of a conversation and we brought him up several times on this podcast that i've had with a former co-worker of mine is jason davis because he actually yeah. started sam Darnold last week he's like yeah, i love that well I should have laughed at this, but he's just like, I just need Bryce Young to be hurt for three more months. And I just texted him this morning, like, well, you're SOL, buddy. He's just like, I know. And we got in this conversation about, like, well, who are the Jets going to go for? Because he was like, well, they should trade for Darnold. I'm like, I don't think the Panthers are going to let him go. It seems wait, like. Wait, they... wait, 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 wait. Sam Darnold is not on the Panthers. I'm not Sam Darnold. So I, I got my four teams mixed up. Andy Dalton. And he, I was like, I, don't, I think they want, like, a, like an experienced uh, veteran mentor for Bryce Young, they both wore 14. That's ex- an excusable uh, mishap. Sure. But he, and so he's like, well, who else did they take? I was saying uh, Tyler Heineke. That's respect to a former TCU player, man. Come on. I mean, he's – that's I am respecting him. That's what I'm saying. You're disrespecting him because you're just comparing him to Sam Darnold at 14. Like, I mean, just two similar number 14 quarterbacks. Like, come on. Sam Darnold's not terrible. I think he's not terrible either. I'm just saying that's just like – there's a bunch of a bias that you have for TCU. Just as compared to Sam Darnold. Just I'm saying. Apparently, if uh, if Brock Purdy goes down, we're all screwed. So, I don't know. Just your opinion, I guess. But anyway, my point being is uh, they have very limited – I think this is the Jets' whole problem is they have a very limited scope of where to go from here. But there are interesting names out there. Um, uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. I don't know why they're not trying to trade. Like, offer a fifth for Heineke. Because I think he is way better than Zach. I'm calling it at this point. I was way wrong on Zach Wilson. Maybe my worst NFL draft take of all time. I will own that at this point. Zach Wilson sucks. So, like, Taylor Heineke, go for him. It it was funny uh, because Mr. Davis is a Bears fan. And he was like, really, this guy? And I'm like, dude, he's better than what they got. Mitch Trubisky is still sitting there in Pittsburgh. It's true. 
Very true. So I think another key part of that is uh, Garrett Wilson. If they do get a new quarterback, then you just know because that media wheel needs to spin. And yes, we are part of that is uh, like, you know, they're going to talk up Garrett Wilson. It's like, oh, can his production go up? Maybe you can capitalize on that talk too. Cause I don't, there's no way there's absolutely, maybe this clip will age horribly. I, I cannot believe the jets are going to go the next. What is it? Let me do the math real quick. 13 weeks with Zach Wilson. There's just no way that's going to happen. I cannot imagine that. I can't imagine it either, but I mean, we're sort of living in that future right now. So I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. So Interesting situation in New York there for sure. Um, Ted, let's get to the tight ends here. Who do you got here week four as a start or is it for me? Well, speaking of bus, I'm not actually that embarrassed on this one because everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone. Most people thought this guy was going to be good. I'm not saying physically or as a player he's not good, but my God, this fit is such a terrible. I think he just has such a bad break in terms of he was drafted by a certain coach. Another coach came in, and that coach just doesn't really care about tight ends. Kyle Pitts may be one of the biggest NFL draft busts of the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a tough situation for sure. Both him and Drake London, like, I don't know what's going on there. They're just not London, I don't blame as much. That's more of a quarterback situation. I think Pitts is more of a, like, system situation, if that makes sense. Like, even if they had... I mean, uh, healthy Aaron Rodgers in there. I really don't like, cause you gotta remember that's the whole reason Delaney, well, not Delaney Walker, uh, John Smith left, uh, Tennessee is because John Smith got frustrated. He was like, look, dude, I'm good. But to Arthur Smith, he was like, yeah, but we, we, we need you as a blocker. Yeah. And he just got frustrated. Cause he's like, I'm not a blocker. I'm a tight end. Like I'm a receiver as well. And Arthur Smith's like, nah, we're just going to run it like 40 times a game. And that's exactly what's happening in Atlanta right now is that, you know, Kyle Pitts, whenever he is utilized, does make the most of it. He scored 8.7 points last week. He's productive when he's used. The problem is his usage is so low, he can never really be that truly productive. So, look, I'm not saying Kyle Pitts is a bad player. I'm just saying I think he went to the way wrong team. Mm -hmm. So, Mer, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. So, basically – Evan Ingram, bench him this week. I or uh, Evan Ingram. I just gave away my comparison. Kyle Pitts, <laughs> bench him this week. Like I said, just, keep your takes shorter now. I'm like you need to, I'm less talking is better I'm for you at this all hour. Over the place. Uh, Kyle Pitts, bench him this week against the Jaguars, especially because that is a at you know U.S. time, 9 a.m. local game against London, and I hate playing fancy players. London games. I never trust them. So not only is it an international game, but Kyle Pitts has been struggling. So bench him. But I think keep an eye out because I don't think he'll be traded. But next year or two years from now, I think he'll find himself on a new team. And then he'll finally have the breakout season. And we're like, okay, here's where, like, here's the guy we've been waiting for. And that's where my Evan Ingram uh, comparison comes in because that's exactly what happened to Ingram. In New York to Jacksonville, Kyle Pitts to <clears throat> Indianapolis. <clears throat> and I think it's a very apt comparison, too, because you look at Kyle Pitts' rookie season, just like Evan Ingram's rookie season, they both were able to sort of go off. And then you expected that trend right. to continue as the seasons went along. But so far, 
it hasn't been happening with Kyle Pitts, and the same thing happened with Evan Ingram. Just like you said, Evan Ingram finally eventually signed with Jacksonville Jaguars. He had a sensational season last year, so maybe that's all Kyle Pitts Looking needs to pretty wait good for. This as, year soon too. As, as soon as free agency sort of hits, he sort of leaves. He finds a system that is better suited to utilize his skill set, not just the blocking, but definitely as a receiver. Because, I mean, Tad, that was sort of like our draft comparison with him. He's a glorified receiver, very similar to, like, yeah. your Travis Kelsey's, you know, your Jimmy Graham's. It's like just he's a guy who's a glorified receiver. And that's what you sort of want in an offense, especially the modern-day type of offense that you're seeing in the NFL, too. So we'll see. But, yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's hard to start him as well, especially as such a big name, probably a tight end that went as probably the third or fourth tight end off the board in your fantasy draft. And now to see him just, you know, getting maybe a few big plays, but that's about it. Has he even scored this year, Tad? I don't think he has, uh, right? I'm on it, but I will say 8.7 points was his – Season high total, eight point seven. So you know, like again, it's just it's it's because with Arthur Smith's offense, it's one of those things where they try to hide their quarterback, right? Like Desmond Ritter has actually done a better job than I expected of him, but he's it's one of those things where it's just he doesn't depend on the quarterback to run this offense. And that's what's so frustrating. And this is why I told you guys, and again, I will admit I was wrong. Bijan Robinson is doing much better in this offense than I thought. But with that said is this is why I told you look out for Tyler as uh, Algier as well, because he runs such a, he being Arthur Smith runs such a run heavy offense that it's basically like it, it's an offense for the 1980s. This is the Cowboys offense with Emmett Smith. If you look at Troy Aikman's stats, he actually really didn't throw all that much because they just ran it all the time with uh, Aikman. So ultimately, I think that the Falcons are just going to keep depending on the running backs. And all the receivers and their quarterback are just going to be fancy irrelevant as a result. So looking at the stats, uh, oh, man, this is rougher than I thought. Week one, two receptions, 44 yards, zero touchdowns. Week two, two receptions, 15 yards, zero touchdowns. Did okay. Uh, week three, five receptions, 41 yards, zero touchdowns. He's yet to score. Yeah, I think as soon as you said 8.76 or whatever you said was the season high, like that means he didn't score. Like, I mean, yeah. that's, usually if you score a touchdown, that means that's, and that's, half, that's half PPR. That's why he was so high. Yeah, and you're flirting with the double-digit points if you score a touchdown. But, yeah, the fact that you said 8-point-whatever you said was the high season high or whatever, that means he did score. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like, yeah, yeah it's tough. It's tough for All right, sure. So but I'm going to if, if, if I have Kyle Pitts, who do I bench him for? Yeah, I think uh, we sort of talked about this in our oh, waiver wire episode, You're double Tad. dipping. This isn't fair. You're double dipping. I, I think it's pretty obvious, it's, though. It's I think a it's a Seinfeld episode of, like, did you just dip the chip again? <laughs> But I think it's very apt here because I think it totally works because I'm going to say start Gerald Everett, the tight end with the Los Angeles Chargers because they're playing the Las Vegas Raiders. We already talked about like this is a very good situation for the Chargers to sort of reestablish themselves and be a sort of powerhouse in the AFC again where we're really questioning them through, like I said, through three weeks. Even though they won last week, it was like 
they very much could have lost that game at the very final seconds too. Like, I mean, Minnesota oh, yeah. had a lot of time management issues on that very final drive. So, I mean, that's part of the reason why they lost too. So yeah, the Chargers are not feeling all that great, even though they are one and two, as opposed to zero and three, like the Minnesota Vikings are. So you look at this game, unfortunately, like we talked about, Mike Williams is out for the entire season with that torn ACL. There's going to be some players that are going to have to step up here. I think Gerald Everett is going to be one of those guys. You look at Gerald Everett last year, they were utilizing him quite a bit. Unfortunately, he dealt with some injuries, so that's why he wasn't able to sustain his, you know, success all season long. But I think now with this sort of opportunity is sort of striking for him, I think he'll make the most of it. And you look at the Raiders. Like, I mean, they don't have a good defense. Like, I don't know, understand. They have not fixed their defense. That's the in nicest like the past- way you can put that. And they haven't fixed their defense in like probably seven years at least. Like, I mean, just I don't understand what they're doing with that defense. Hey, they're not hey, they had that one wild touchdown against the Patriots. Was that the Patriots? Who was they against? Yeah, it was the Patriots where they caught yeah. the yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah, it's just that was more of a fluke than actually them playing yeah. good defense. Like, you, more the, than the, the fact that that was their best defensive play in yeah. the last since, well, God, since like 2000 probably. tells you something. Yeah. And believe me, I love Max Crosby, but unfortunately his talent is going to waste there. Request a trade. Request a trade tonight. Uh, But anyway, so Tad, talking about this terrible Las Vegas defense, they have given up seven passing touchdowns through the air so far in 2023, which is tied for the third worst in the league. Um, I think just unfortunately the Chargers are going to be overmatched for them, and they're going to have a lot of opportunities to score. A lot of people are going to get involved. I bet you Keenan Allen's going to have another fantastic game. Josh Palmer's going to get involved. Here's one thing. I think Quinn Johnson's going to score in this game. He's going to have probably like two Keep receptions, but better. one of them's going to go for a touchdown. Let him do something for the one love of God. For a touchdown. I'm sort of seeing it here. I'm predicting it here. But I also think oh, he's going to score a touchdown. I like Gerald Everett to score a touchdown in this game. So I very much like him as a start against a very, very terrible Raiders defense. Please, God, let QJ actually do something this season. <laughs> My God. All right, Tad, All right. let's move on to the defenses and the kickers. We're not going to spend a ton of time here, Tad. So give me your kicker and your defense, your starts and your sits for both positions. What do you like here? All right, so this is a rare chance where I'm actually going to start with the kicker first. Is okay. I am saying start Jason Sanders, the Miami Dolphins kicker, this week. Start. Now, this start. was actually very surprising. Is He's only uh, rostered in 11% of ESPN leagues. So I kind of looked into why, and it's not – Honestly, too surprising after you look at the stats where he's only the 13th best kicker in terms of total points scored. But, and this is what I talked about last week where, you know, you had that kicker where their offense is just so good that they Mm -hmm. score too much and all you get are those one point extra points rather than the field goals. However, I found an interesting stat. So the Buffalo Bills have allowed nearly six yards of carry to opposing running backs. But when it comes to the pass defense, they are among the top, tier not like quite like you know like elite defenses but they're one of the better ones against the pass sure Mm -hmm. so i think there's a good chance that the dolphins kind of like get into territory and then when they can no longer stretch the field with tyree kill all of a sudden you're a little shortened and that offense kind of stalls not within the red zone but on the other side of the field which leads to more field goals i like jason sanders a lot here on the opposite side of the coin I don't like the Buffalo Bills defense. They just put up, and here's why, because I know a lot of people are going to go, wow, you don't like the defense against the offense that just put up 70? No shit, Sherlock. But here's the (laughs) point, is the Buffalo Bills on the flip side of the coin also just put up 19 points against the offense. And I know they're the Washington Commanders, but I can totally see this situation playing out in a lot of leagues of like, 
I know they're playing the Dolphins, but they're really good. I don't want to drop them. I'll take the flyer. Don't do it. Don't do the thing. I'm not saying drop them, but find the one guy you don't really want on your team and put the Bills on your bench and drop that dude. Because here's the problem. is exactly like what I said. The Bills' defense is very susceptible to the run. Amir, you as a 49ers fan, and you guys are identical teams. My God, I really am hoping for a Dolphins 49ers Super Bowl because that will be absolutely ridiculous. That'd be electric. That'd be, That'd be insane. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. The Dolphins are running the exact same offense the 49ers are. It's pretty close to it. I mean, I think they're built a little bit more on speed, obviously, but just like, yeah, there's a lot of very similar things and the concepts that they're using that Mike McDaniel learned from Kyle Shanahan and also Mike Shanahan because he's under the same coaching staff back in Washington as well. So. And what does that offense run on? The zone running scheme and West Coast. It runs on the run. So the whole point being is if you're susceptible to run, I don't have a lot of faith in this defense. So even if you're holding on to the Bills defense, I'm not telling you to drop them, but I'm definitely telling you to bench them this week. So I say bench the Bills, start Jason Sanders. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I'm going to go with the sit at the kicker position here, Tad. I'm going to go with Matt Prater, the kicker for the Arizona Cardinals. They're playing the San Francisco 49ers this week. Um, Yeah. Say what you want, but the Cardinals have been very scrappy these past three weeks, and that sort of scrappiness led to an upset leading wire to wire for the Cardinals. They led that game entirely against the Dallas Cowboys last week, so, I mean, that's impressive on them. They were able to get the upset victory, but I think seeing them for three weeks, the Niners are going to be a little bit more prepared. This is a divisional game. They have to stack wins within the division, and so I bet you they're not going to take the Cardinals lightly. They're really going to put it on them, and unfortunately, that just means there's not going to be field goal opportunities for Matt Prater. Maybe one or two, if they're they're lucky, but I just don't see a lot of kicking opportunities for Matt Prater, so I think sit him this week wow. against the San Francisco 49ers. You're my start from last week. <laughs> I'm sorry there, uh, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go with the start here, Tad. I know you started talking about this game earlier, but I'm going to go with start the Cincinnati Bengals against the Tennessee Titans this okay. week. So the Titans offense, Tad. Oh, the Titans offense is awful, and that's honestly being Wait, generous. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They have an offense? <laughs> that that's honestly that's sort of what it's like because they're averaging tad 15 points per game through three weeks and that's tied for third worst in the NFL. They're tied with the Las Vegas Raiders, so that's why I don't have much hope oh, for the Raiders. Oh, God. The Raiders. <laughs> when you're in a conversation with the Raiders as far as being bad at something, that tells oh. you how bad you are right now. So yeah, I don't like the Titans offense right now. Their offensive line is giving them a lot of issues. Ryan Tannehill is getting sacked a ton. Tad, back to back games, Ryan Tannehill has been sacked five times. You look at the game. Honestly, I'm the, I'm shocked it's that low. Exactly. And in total, he has taken the second most sacks in the league overall. You look at what the Bengals did against the Rams on Monday night. They had five. Sorry, not five. They had six sacks against uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They also forced two turnovers as well. So, I mean, that was sort of like a bounce back game for them, both on offense and defense. Jamar Chase had a fantastic game. I know you said Jamar, uh, Joe Burrow was sort of like iffy, sort of dealing with the calf issues, which you talked about. But I think, put that aside, I think this defense is going to play really well against a very awful, terrible Titans offense. And so, yeah, I like the Cincinnati Bengals defense to get a lot of points for your baby forced a couple of turnovers, possibly a defensive touchdown. We'll see about that. But yeah, I like them to get a lot of sacks as well. And like I said, maybe force a turnover or two to really get you a lot of good points. So start the Bengals defense this week. Got to see back. 
It's just like that that offense could force them in a lot of bad positions, but I will I will help you out a little here. This does have a like this reeks of a feel of like this is the Bengals game of like we are good, we are back, we're fine. Like that really has that kind of feel to it, especially because Joper again with that right calf injury, it it will slowly start to heal. He will be back. So I, I don't think the Bengals are out of the running yet. It's going to be tough for them because of the slow start, but I really am not counting them out yet. In fact, when my buddy was in Vegas, I almost told him to put money on the Bengals winning the division because it's the same thing as when yeah, – you remember that old Peyton Manning game where he threw like four picks against Chiefs when mm-hmm. he was with the Broncos? I put money on the Broncos winning the Super Bowl that weekend. I won like 200 bucks. Because you gotta bet, like, because it's just so, it's such a talented team. They gotta sure. bounce back unless injuries happen. Uh, real quick, I mean, this is a genuine question. I was trying to look it up while you were talking. Who has the most, or what quarterback has taken the most sacks in the NFL? Um, I don't remember actually. My guess is Fields. Fields is a very strong possibility. Now that I think about it, that's a very strong one. Yeah, I brought. No, sorry, I do remember Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Oh. Yeah. He is good. He just gets pressured too much. <laughs> I do remember now. Yeah, it was Sam Howell. Look, who look what they've done to my boy. Oh, gosh. there. <laughs> uh, but, guys, that is our waiver wire picks for this week. Uh, unfortunately, Tad, we're kind of pushing up against it nah, here. But we're good. The biggest thing, though, is that, you know, we're always going to try and give you our sports bets every week. But, unfortunately, like I said, we're pushing up against it here. But I think that is the benefit of subscribing to our social media handles. You see the ticker coming right down below. You got us on Twitter there. You got me at Undecide23. You got Tad, Tad, Decide94. You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys. So, like I talked about, we couldn't get to our sports bets on the actual episode, but we got you covered with all the bets in our graphic that drops every single week um, in our social media handles. So, make sure you're following us there. Um, and also, the benefit of following us is interact with us because, I mean, if you interact with us and you ask us questions, when it comes to your fancy roster, where it's like you need some start sit decisions, you need some trade help, you need some help on who to pick up off the waiver wire. I mean, we are here to help you with all your individual leagues. Doesn't matter what type of question it is. Doesn't matter what type of league you're in. Me and Tad play in so many different leagues that we got you covered and we don't, can give you advice. Don't even give something. me a start on the goddamn Grim Reaper League. That is going so badly. <laughs> So, I mean, guys, we could give you a ton of advice across all leagues. So make sure you're interacting with us. Excuse me. We are here to help you out for sure. Help you win your fantasy leagues. We're going to stress that every single episode. Interact with us. We want to help you win your leagues and your various championships. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe so you're up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And I sort of gave him a shout-out earlier, but I'm going to give him another shout-out here. Make sure you're subscribing to our Parrot Network at LEFB Network. Got a lot of great content when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the NFL level and the Trojans and the Bruins at the college level. So, guys, there's a lot of great content there. Give them a follow. Give them a subscribe. Everything and anything there. But, guys, I mean, to everybody who's already watching the videos, who's listening to our podcast, who's interacting with us on social media, who's reading our sports, uh, uh, reading our graphics in our sports bets there for sure, and taking some bets too. Like we're probably wanting a little bit of money there. We'll see exactly how it all pays out. But just, yeah, guys, who's, however you're supporting us, we really can't thank you enough. So Dave Montgomery scored three touchdowns tonight. He did, yeah. So if you are playing David Montgomery, or if you have David Montgomery, you want to sell high because look, Jameer Gibbs, that he may be taking over later this season. If you want some trade advice here, some trade advice there, and we have some very loyal listeners, and they know who they are, and thank you for continuing to hit us up. 
for trade advice or for waiver wire advice, even if it goes beyond the episode. I cannot stress that enough. If we don't talk about the guy that you're interested in, if you hit us up on Instagram, oh my God, that's the first time I've hit it so well. If you hit us up on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, or what's the other one? It's Twitter and Instagram. That's all we got. Okay. You're, you're, that, that's your job, so I'm not very good at this. But basically, if you hit us up on socials, yeah, we will – I tried. <laughs> but I, if you hit us up, we will absolutely help you, and we will do everything in our power to make sure you win as long as you're in our league, Al. But thank you, as always, so much for watching. Thank you so much, as always, for viewing. Listening. Damn it. Viewing, too. Viewing, watching, listening, whatever. You thank go. you for there giving you. us – all of your attention, and as always, everyone, please stay safe.